listening to the Mystical City of God in One Year podcast, a biography of the Blessed Virgin Mary, written by Venerable Maria Vagrida. I'm Father Edward Looney, and today I read paragraphs 15 to 19 from the introduction of Volume 1, The Conception. Pursuant to the will of the Lord and the command of obedience, I have written for the second time this heavenly history. For during the first writing of it, though, the light by which I perceived the mysteries was abundant and fruitful in proportion, as my shortcomings were great, my tongue was unequal to the task of finding the proper terms, and my pen not swift enough for a full statement. I omitted some things, and with the lapse of time, and by the aid of new enlightenments, I found myself better prepared to write at this second time. Nevertheless, there always remains much of what I understood and have seen, which I must leave unsaid, since to say all will never be possible. Besides these reasons, there was another known to me in the Lord, namely, that in my first writing my mind was much hindered from attending to the matter and arrangement of this work by my temptations and great fears. They raised such tempests of contrary thoughts and suggestions within me that deeming it the greatest presumption to have attempted such an arduous task, I concluded to burn it. And I believe that this did not happen without the permission of the Lord, for in the turbulency of my soul, I could not present myself in a state entirely befitting and desirable to the Lord for writing and engraving into my heart and spirit his doctrine, as he commands me to do now, and as can be seen from the following event. On one of the festival days of the purification of Our Lady, after having received the Most Holy Sacrament, I wished to celebrate this holy festival, which was the anniversary of my profession, with many acts of thanksgiving and of total resignation to the Most High who without any merits of mine had chosen me as his spouse. While I was thus exciting these affections, I felt in my interior a most powerful change accompanied by abundant light, which raised me and urged me strongly and sweetly toward the knowledge of the essence of God, his goodness, perfections, and attributes, and to the disclosing of my own misery. And these different things, which were placed before my understanding at one, and the same time produced in me various effects. The first was that all the attention of my mind and all my aspirations were raised on high. The other effect was that I was humbled in mind to the very dust in such a way that it seemed to take away my own existence. At the same time, I felt a most vehement sorrow and contrition for my grievous sins joined to the determination to amend and to renounce all worldly things, aspiring instead toward complete love of God. In these affects, I remained as if annihilated, and the greatest pain seemed but consolation and death but life. The Lord, having pity on my faintness, in sheer mercy, spoke to me, Be not dismayed, my daughter and spouse, for in order to pardon to wash and to purify thee from thy sins, I will apply my infinite merits and the blood 
which I shed for thee. Animate thyself to desire all perfection and imitation of the life of the Most Holy Mary. Write it a second time, in order that thou mayest supply what was wanting and impress her doctrines on thy heart. Do not again irritate my justice, nor show thyself thankless for my mercy, by burning what thou shalt have written, lest my indignation deprive thee of the light which without thy merits thou hast received for the manifestation of these mysteries. I immediately, thereupon, saw the mother of God, who also spoke to me, My daughter, as yet, thou hast not derived becoming fruit for thy soul from the tree of life, which was offered thee in the writing of my history. Nor didst thou enter into the substance of its contents. Thou hast scarcely yet thought of this hidden manna, nor hast thou attained that perfect and ultimate preparation which the Almighty requires in order to engrave and imprint in a proper manner my virtues into thy soul. I am to give thee the befitting qualities and perfections for that which the divine right hand is to accomplish in thee. I have asked him that, through my intercession and through the abundant graces conferred upon me, I be permitted to adorn thee and compose thy soul, so that thou mayest turn again to the writing of my life, with less attention to the material and more to the spiritual and substantial part of it. Remove the hindrances which oppose the currents of divine grace flowing to thee from the Almighty, through me, and make thyself a capable of readily accepting the full portion assigned to thee by the divine will. See that thou do not curtail or limit it by thy shortcomings and imperfections. Thereupon I saw that the Divine Mother clothed me in a garment whiter than the snow and more shining than the sun, and she girded me with the most precious girdle and said, This is a participation of my purity. I also asked for the infused science of the Lord, which should serve me as most beautiful hair for my adornment, and for other precious gifts and presents, the value of which I saw and knew was great, but which I was not able fully to estimate. After having thus adorned me, the heavenly lady said, Work faithfully and earnestly to imitate me, and to be my most perfect daughter, engendered of my spirit, nourished at my breast. I give thee my blessing in order that in my name and under my direction and assistance thou mayst again resume thy writing. The whole of this holy life of Mary is divided, for greater perspicuity, into three parts. The first treats of all that pertains to the first fifteen years of her life, from the moment of her most pure conception until the moment when, in her virginal womb, the eternal word assumed flesh including all that the Most High performed for Mary during these years. The second part embraces the mystery of the Incarnation, the whole life of Christ our Lord, His passion and death and His ascension to heaven, thus describing the life of our Queen in union with that of her Divine Son and all that she did while living with Him. The third part contains the life of the Mother of Grace during the time she lived alone, deprived of the companionship of Christ our Redeemer, until the happy hour of her transition, assumption, and crowning as the Empress of Heaven, where she is to live eternally as the daughter of the Father, the mother of the Son, and the spouse of the Holy Ghost, 
These three parts I subdivided into eight books, in order that they may be more convenient for use, and always remain the subject of my thoughts, the spur of my will, and my meditation day and night. In order to say something of the time in which I wrote this heavenly history, it must be noticed that my father, Brother Francis Coronel, and my mother, sister, Catherine de Arana, my parents, founded in their own house this convent of the Discalced Nuns of the Immaculate Conception by the command and the will of God, which was declared to my mother, Sister Catherine, in a special vision and revelation. This foundation took place on the octave of the Epiphany, January thirteenth, 1619. On the same day, we took the habit, my mother and her two daughters, and my father took refuge in the order of our seraphic father, St. Francis, in which two of his sons had already been living as religious. There, he took the habit, made his profession, lived an exemplary life, and died a most holy death. My mother and myself received the veil on the day of the purification of the Queen of Heaven, on the 2nd of February, 1620. On account of the youth of the other daughter, her profession was delayed. The Almighty in His sheer goodness favored our family so much that all of us were consecrated to Him in the religious state. In the eighth year of the foundation of this convent, in the twenty-fifth of my age, in the year of our Lord, 1627, holy obedience imposed upon me the office of abbess, which to this day I unworthily hold. During the first ten years of the time in which I held this office, I received many commands from the Most High and from the Queen of Heaven to write her holy life, and I continued in fear and doubt to resist these heavenly commands during all that time until the year 1637, when I began to write it the first time. On finishing it, being full of fears and tribulations, and being so counseled by a confessor who directed me during the absence of my regular confessor, I burned all the writing containing not only this history, but many other grave and mysterious matters, for he told me that women should not write in the church. I obeyed his commands promptly, but I had to endure most severe reproaches on this account from my superiors and from the confessor who knew my whole life. In order to force me to rewrite this history, they threatened me with censures. The Most High and the Queen of Heaven also repeated their commands that I obey. During this second writing, so abundant was the light concerning the divine essence, so copious were the blessings of the divine right hand for the renewal and vivification of my soul and the teachings of my heavenly mother. So perfect were the instructions, and so exalted were the sacraments communicated to me that it was necessary to write another book in connection with this history, the title of which will be The Laws of the Spouse, Heights of His Divine Love, and Fruits Gathered from the Tree of Life of Most Holy Mary, Our Lady. By divine favor, I begin rewriting the history on the 8th of December, 1655, on the day of the Immaculate Conception. This ends the reading of the introduction, paragraphs 15 to 19 on day 3 of the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast, this biography of Mary written by Venerable Mary of Agreda. Just a few thoughts as we heard today then from this reading of the Mystical City of God. We realize the very human aspect, the human nature of Mary of Agreda. 
She says, I omitted some things, and with the lapse of time and by the aid of new enlightenments, I found myself better prepared to write this second time. So we realize, and she even acknowledges, that she might err. There might be human error. She is going off her own memory, her own interpretation of these experiences. So this is why we don't give this, as mentioned earlier, we don't give this the credence of dogma, but that this is private revelation. This is mystical revelation received by this holy woman, this holy religious sister. We see also in this reading that she had these different conversations with the Lord, that Jesus spoke to her, that Mary spoke to her, that they really encourage her in all of these things. Even Mary, she speaks really of her mediation of grace. I have asked him that through my intercession, through the abundant graces conferred upon me, I be permitted to adorn thee and compose thy soul so that you may turn again to the writing of my life. So Maria of Agreda responding to the will of God, being showered with grace by the Blessed Virgin Mary. Mary placed something on Maria of Agreda. She girded me with the most precious girdle and said, this is a participation of my purity. Of course, we live in a time where purity and chastity is attacked. We turn to Our Lady. We turn to St. Joseph. We can be inspired by Maria of Agreda. This isn't the first time something like this has happened. Even St. Faustina had that experience of receiving a girdle, receiving the cincture of purity in one of these visions. We heard, too, that Maria of Agreda writes this second time now, this biography of Mary, that she destroyed that first copy. The same thing happened again. I'm drawing a parallel to St. Faustina that she wrote multiple versions of the diary of a soul, sometimes feeling unworthy of doing so. Well, that is why she destroyed it. Maria of Agreda instructed by this confessor to destroy it, but yet others were very upset that she did because really she owed her obedience elsewhere. Maria of Agreda also breaks down the, the book. She says that there are three parts uh, and eight books. Now, this is Maybe a little confusing because in the version that we're reading from Tan Books, The Mystical City of God, we're reading right now, Volume 1, The Conception, but there are four volumes, but in each of these volumes then are different books that Maria of Agreda has given to us. So the each volume then has a different number of books in them. So imagine eight books, presumably maybe two in each volume, maybe more. It depends uh, based upon what she writes. I think we're really in for a great read this year as we are making our way through the mystical city of God in a year. It's a voluminous task, four volumes totaling, you know, almost uh, many, many pages. This first volume having 610 pages. So we're talking about nearly 2,000 probably, even more than 2,000 pages of reading as we unpack the life of Mary and Jesus. And tomorrow we're going to begin book one. And I'm looking forward to it. And I hope that you'll continue to join us as we journey through the life of Jesus and Mary with Maria Vagrida through the 
mystical city of God as we read this book in a year. God bless you.